This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and What's Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 163, Sinking the Yellow Submarine. Oh, it's so great to sink the Yellow Submarine. Absolutely. They were camouflaged this this game, though. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. We still sunk them. Yeah. Damn straight. And the best part is you did it without our head coach, too. Unnecessary. And, unneeded. And our center back. Center backs, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Red Bulls and uh, – actually, first, before I get there, we're recording this Sunday night, and if you're wondering why, it's because Montreal play – Montreal coming to town on Wednesday, and we just had to get this out of the way now. Yeah. Since yeah. You know, Thursday, Thursday's too late for that game. So, <laughs> um, Red Bulls hosted the Columbus crew, uh, went down in the ninth minute, to a goal that was, I forget who it was awarded to, but it looked like an own goal, honestly. Um, but then came back with two goals of their own after seemingly turning on a switch and actually doing high press like they're, they've been doing all year um, and came out with a 2-1 to one victory over the crew. So let's get into this one with our dislikes. Pat, you're up first. What did you dislike about this one? Uh, I mean, that's that's a tough one. There's, you know, there's not a whole lot to dislike. I mean, I, I guess I, I suppose that that you know, and it's just nitpicking again because you know when you win, really, what does a uh, one goal matter? But it was just it was a little soft. I mean, I, I, I didn't, you know, I know it deflected off Paranel, but I, I didn't like, uh, I didn't love uh, Robles's effort on and after that. Um, you know, so. I, I'm nitpicking here, but I guess that that'd be my only real dislike because other than that, the team looked great, and it was a bit of a shocker to see them play so well, considering uh, they were missing the linchpin of this entire team, uh, being Matt Miazga. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, another nitpicky dislike after a win. So uh, that's what I'm gonna go with. I mean, that, that was gonna be my dislike too. Just the way it went in, it was just so sloppy. Uh, really, what happened is that Damian Perinell. Screened his own goaltender like in hockey. <laughs> That's really what happened. I mean, if you look at if you look at the angle behind the goal, Robles couldn't even see anything because Damian Parnell, he came running in. Um, by the time he when he turned when the ball came, Robles couldn't see. He saw nothing. So it was the old the old hockey screening. Um, but since I don't want to make it the same exact dislike, I'll get back on Parnell's case. And uh, that was the physicality that came up into. Him receiving the yellow card. It was a little too physical, and he's been doing this a lot, is getting these yellow cards, and one of these games, that second one's going to come out at a bad time in the season, and he we're gonna he's going to be off the field for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I can – I don't want to lead that into my like. I'll come up with something else for a like. Um, but the way he played after the card, almost like a completely different player. Not as physical, but he played very, very smart very smart which we know he can do uh but it was like it was a totally different guy out there the way he was clearing balls out he wasn't making bad fouls really he completely turned it around um but 
we can't have this every game. He needs the, he he needs his own clean sheet one of these games. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So for what it's worth, I actually thought the perennial yellow card shouldn't have been given. I thought the foul wasn't worthy of it, but I don't either. But it still happened, right? You uh, still so have a chance to hand out a card in, with MLS referees. It didn't even look like a foul, honestly, to me. But you know, I'm not a referee, apparently. So right. Um, my dislike, and I had it a second ago. What the hell was it? Uh, son of a bitch. Oh, there we go. I got it. Um, so it was this, the seemingly na- flipping a switch nature after that first goal. Um, I thought I heard something about Kleshin saying that they were playing different. That they, they weren't playing their usual high press, te- high tempo style play at the beginning of the game. Um, but it seems like they were inviting more pressure to start with and almost like willing to just counterattack. But then after you saw that, after the first goal, and they just flipped the switch and started high pressing again, and you got Ray Phillips and Grella pressing, and you got basically two passes from Steve Clark that just got were completely fucked over, and we scored goals off of them. And it's just like, well, why were you playing this way from the start of the game? You may not have given up that goal in that weird fashion. So that's my dislike, is that they seem to just be inviting pressure and just play differently to start the game off. And they, they they get that scare to wake them up, and sometimes it works, and uh, other times it doesn't work. And speaking of which, this going behind early shit's got to stop. Yeah, for real. Especially get the playoffs and away goals matter. Indeed. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about our likes. Uh, Truman, you can go first. What did you like about this one? Well, there was no Matt Miazga. There was no Jesse Marsh. But there was one man on the field. One man who came out with his children. And kind of, sort of, not really led the team to victory. <laughs> it was just cool seeing Mike Pecky on the field uh, being honored. I mean, how awesome is that? Uh, if you listen to Seeing Red, which I'm sure every one of you did because we all listen to that show, um, he certainly has no animosity towards most of the people associated with the New York Red Bulls, I think, probably all. But I don't know one guy who we will not name on this show, but apparently he's probably the only person you might dislike. It was just very cool. That, you know, the bridges have not been burned. Obviously, Mike's made that abundantly clear that he is a New York guy. Uh, and listen, you know, you can't screw up on Rex Manning Day and you don't lose on Mike Pecky Day, right? Yep. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah no, Mike Pecky, you know, it's kind of like uh, I, the way I kind of see it with right now, it's just like, you know, I, I, is that like, you know, Jesse Marsh is kind of like that person you marry and you know you're supposed to be with. And then Mike Pecky is like that ex that you always just wonder what if. And, you know, if you're both out getting a little drunk at the bar, some mistakes might happen. You know what I'm saying? You might text That's, Pecky one in yeah. the morning. Yeah, you know, it's just like, it's like, hey, what are you doing, Mike? <laughs> you know? Want to come over and watch Netflix and chill? You, you want to you you break down that uh, Galaxy FC Dallas game from the other night? You want to just come over? We'll just come over and break it down. We'll just break, break, break it down. That's all. Just break it down. Yeah. We'll just it's discuss uh, formations. That's all I'm saying. Just, Formation or two. Yeah. Breaking, breaking it down. Yeah. I got to find a nice bottle of wine we can drink over. You know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Talking soccer. Talking yeah. soccer. No one has to know. Soccer. Jesse doesn't have to know. He doesn't have to know. Yeah. I won't tell he's, him. He's cool. He's cool. He trusts well, me. Yeah. What happens is that Richie Williams finds out, and then he blabs it to everybody. Yeah, he's just like... Everyone like, knows you were hanging out with Mike. He's like, you know what I heard? You know what I saw? You never get to believe it, but uh, and Bruce Arena's calling you nonstop like your mother. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. saying you're the one who screwed up. What are you doing? You got a perfectly good coach right here, and Jesse Marsh. What what hasn't he done for you? He's done everything for you. He gives you a winning team. I don't understand you. 
And then Juan Carlos Osorio calls, and you're just like, it's over, okay? <laughs> it's over. Listen, listen, stop it. I'm going to block your number at this point. Yeah. I got, I got to block it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, I mean, many like that as well. But, I, I mean, overall, I just like that, you know, considering after, you know, two, two out of our last five, we've kind of looked not so great. Uh, it was just nice to see the team kind of return to a nice – uh, run a form and like Truman said, missing people like uh, Miazga, um, Marsh, and uh, and uh, even Kamar Lawrence wasn't there yesterday, so um, it was just good to see the team playing well and uh, really pushing uh, you know, their press system on uh, on uh, Columbus after the after the early goal, and uh, hopefully, that's the team we're going to see the rest of the season and no more hiccups. One can hope. Mm-hmm. Um, my like is going to be one play in particular, and it's, it's not even going to be a goal of the week candidate, but I, I don't know why Connor leads better apparently at crossing the ball in from the left, but I want him to bottle up whatever that was and use it when he's on the right because that was an amazing cross to Bradley Phillips for that second goal. That was just like a, a laser right to right Phillips' head. Steve Clark just misjudged it. And all all Phillips had to do was just put his head in the right spot. and th- That's the cross we should be getting at every time. I know it's hard to get that all the time, but those are the crosses we need on a, on a fast break, and we just haven't been getting them, and I want to know where that was. Where it's well, been. you know, sometimes some people are better with one foot than the other. Just saying. I've read about that. Uh, before we move on, and we take our, our first little break here, uh, Jay's already said what his favorite goal was. Pat, uh, one or the other, what was your favorite goal? Uh, I think... Um... I'm actually going to agree with Jay on that one. I really like that uh, steal that led up to it and everything. It was a beautiful thing. So that's that's definitely my favorite goal from yesterday. I am going to go with the first goal because they got the break. It uh, it got broken up. The camera decided to not pay attention to what was going on. Uh, <laughs> and then Gorilla got the ball back, and they fought, and they got that. That was the uh, Sasha Kleischen pass. Um, you know, apparently is no good, according to some fans. He's still just a terrible <laughs> player, you know. Because he doesn't make every pinpoint pass uh, every minute of the game, sure. but a great pass to Lloyd, or to Lloyd Sam, who you know what he's not going to do. He ain't, he ain't gonna fuck up from there. Yeah, it's not happening. Not happening. So, <clears throat> predictions for this one: uh, of two people got it completely right. One of which was Aaron Bauer. The other one was Pat. Yeah. You know, I thought someone someone had to have gone two one. I thought. Yeah, we had I two actually, people. We had six, two people two one. Second week in a row, uh, Mark Fishkin and I picked. The exact same score, and when and when I listened to Sing Red and he picked three two as well, I'm like, oh well, it's not going to be three two now. We weren't right last time. <laughs> I mean, we were. Everyone was terribly wrong last time uh, with well, the Orlando game, but yeah. you know, I got nervous. I'm like, oh, I, th- I think I have to change it last minute. But so, uh, let's see, Truman, you got the win right. I got nothing. Ha! So, uh, <laughs> so standings, Truman, you're still in first with twenty two. But now right on your ass is Pat with 21. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right. That's Time right. to up it. Just closing the gap. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Bauer is now in third with 19. I'm in fourth with 17. Austin Fido, Steve Toto, Bobby Salantano, all in fifth with 16. And I was told today in uh, in our little What's a Metro chat that Bobby Salantano is gunning for you, Truman. He wants that belt. <laughs> oh, my friend. Oh, good sir. One can dream, I guess. I mean, even Hornswoggle dreams 
of being the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> Just saying. He actually has a shot, too. That's the scary part. <laughs> Just give him the right night, and he'll, he'll do it. All right, so... Sorry, quick, quick. Yeah, quick stat, you know, going back to what, uh, you know, that Sasha question is bad. 12 assists on the season, so... Oh. He's terrible. What a speaking terrible of speaking of stats, Bradley Phillips is five goals away from being the first ever player in MLS history to go twenty goals in two seasons. So the question is, guys, well, does it uh, happen? I mean, he only has to average one point two five a game. That's not impossible. <laughs> no, does does it happen? No. <laughs> um, looking at who's left, I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to say no, and that's obviously we we mean no disrespect. But yeah, yeah, fifteen goals happened yet? Pretty, pretty damn good. <laughs> but I mean, we're we're facing Montreal, which is near the bottom of the, or Montreal and Toronto, which I think are like five and six right now, and Philly and Chicago, who are going to be eliminated by the time they get to the, those games. Like that's not a hard schedule to score against. None of the, none of those teams are exactly defensive powerhouses. So I it's I, it's why I think it's possible. So it, it would be amazing though to see him twenty goals. And then still not nominated for MVP, even though he would have assisted on like 30 plus goals this year. Or, or sorry, been attributed with 30 plus goals for goals and assists combined. Because, you know, that, that matters in most valuable player stuff. Yeah. Not, you know, actual on the field stuff. Anyway, uh, so that's it for this segment. When we come back, we're going to have uh, on with us from the blog Mount Royal Soccer, Sofiane Benzaza. I'm pretty sure I fucked that up twice today. So we'll see. Um, so we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome onto the show today from Mount... Uh, Royal Soccer, Mr. Sofian Benzaza. <laughs> Damn, I fucked it up. I know I did it. Hey, it was great. It, right. it was great, man. What's wrong with you? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I I just had this thing about names. I don't know why. I know. You you American pigs, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. <laughs> something, something French-Canadian, something, something, I don't something, know. Something, you know, guy with name. Putin. Blame Canada. Like, well, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I should have had that ready. I should have got that clip just just for this episode. But... Blame Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, Red Bull's taking on Montreal on Wednesday. So, uh, that's why we're talking to you on Sunday night. Uh, first thing we need to talk about, though, is the off-season trade between Montreal and the Red Bulls. Uh, for those that don't remember, the Red Bulls traded Eric Alexander and Ambrose Iongo to Montreal. In return, we got Felipe Martins at the allocation spot, the top allocation spot, and maybe some allocation money. I forget how that part worked out. Um, from our side, it's worked out pretty well. We got Martins and Sasha Kleschen with the allocation spot. have been two of the rocks of our team this year. Uh, you guys got Eric Alexander, then the Oyango drama with yeah. him and his agent and Cameroon saying that the contracts are not legit and all that crap. Um, so what has the feeling been like in uh, Montreal with the trade and how all that's uh, played out throughout the year? Well, you know what? I'm still not sure if uh, Felipe left because he didn't like it there or was it Klopas? He didn't see it was a fit after he had him for a year. 
but Felipe, maybe his time was done with the impact. Maybe you know it was a mutual agreement that you know we're, we're done with each other. Uh, but the fact that we knew that no matter what, the Empire were going to trade that for, uh, top allocation spot, no matter what. Uh, they, they did it uh, when Eddie Johnson came to the league, when Jesse Marsh was coach, and uh, they had to do it again, and this time they had to maximize it, and not get Lamar Negro, uh, Lamar Negro and Mike Fushiro, who played like 10 minutes for the Impact and then left. So they really, I think they did well. They got value with an MLS experience player in Alexander. Hasn't played a lot this season, but at least, you know, he's an MLS buyer that can actually play, and Oyongo. The drama was there, but the impact didn't really need him at that time. They're like, you know what? He's not going to pick Champions League, Conquer Cup Champions League, and the league will handle his case and will sign him to whatever contract the league approves, right? So when he came in, he was pretty much the best right back uh, for the impact right away, even though he could play left back. And uh, impact had Donny Toya, so they managed very well without Oyongo. And when he came in, he had a more boost, more talent, and more physicality at uh, the back line. So, yeah. But uh, overall, you know, Felipe, you know, was more like, you know, part ways. It's fine. Maybe Klopp doesn't like him. And um, tough spot. It was, no U.S. national team player would come to the impact, from what I understood, anyways. Yeah, and, you know, they don't want to... If they want to go to Columbus and they want to go to New York or L.A., why would they come to Montreal, right? So I think that's the, uh, the sort of vibe that happens. So, yeah. Are you, ups- are you upset that uh, Montreal traded with Taylor Thomas as the greatest acquisition of the offseason? Well, they had no choice, right? Since he, he said it was the greatest acquisition. That's what he said? Great, yeah, best acquisition of the offseason. Well, yes. Yeah, I mean, it is Taylor Twelman. Yeah, he, oh, he always exaggerates. Uh, you know, and he, he omits yesterday to say that there was a foul on Cabrera and Orlando you know, scored a winning goal on a, on a bad foul, but it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, Taylor. He he's my guy. He doesn't know who I am, so yeah, let's keep it that way. But uh, yeah, it's um, listen. Sasha is a great player, man. Underlying Champions experience, his CV is amazing. I thought like if he ever comes to the Impact, it'd be perfect. You know, he can fit in as a him and Piatti would be best friends. He'd be perfect with Bernier, with Nigel Rio, Coker, Donadell, great. But you know what? What could the Impact do? Like even if they're interested in him, which I don't think they were necessarily. The, the guy will never come. He's coming back to MLS to choose the club he wants to go. The same with Drogba chose Montreal in a way. The same way that our players will choose whatever teams they want. Uh, if they have enough, if they have a, if they have a status big enough to, you know, to to have that happen to them. So it's frustrating a little bit. But this time they did not trade a top allocation spot for a U.S. national team player who can score goals and do stuff. And they didn't get Mike Fushiro and Lamar Nigo for that. So that's already positive. You got a Cameroon international fullback, uh, a good MLS player, and I think they got a bit of allocation money, and uh, so I think it's a win-win. But you know, it sucks, but uh, it's life. You, know, you mentioned you mentioned some guy's name. I'm not quite sure who he is, but uh, you acquired him uh, this season. I think he used to play for Chelsea a while ago. <laughs> I mean, he's having like a slight impact on uh, on. Pardon the pun. On oh, Montreal, a slight. Did you expect, uh, you know, so many players that come from Europe, they struggle a little bit when they first come in the season. You know, got to get the used to travel, new systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it's just the fact that he's a really a pure striker that Drog has been able to fit in so well? Are is is are a lot of the fans surprised that he's fitting in so well so quickly? There was a surprise how fast he was able to fit in, but I think I'm surprised at the rate. You know how many goals he's been scoring? Yes, he did score a hat trick, so it helps to 
it helps in your scoring tally. But I I said it that like I uh, I spoke to a radio show based in Montreal and I told him you know I agree he the the host agreed with me we said people don't realize how big this guy is he could be 37 but this guy if he's in shape if he's not you know doesn't have a weird calf injury or hamstring pull he's gonna kick ass because physically as a number nine striker pivot striker he can do whatever he wants he doesn't need to run 100 meters like he used to do with Marseille and Chelsea even when Galatasaray or Evergrande Shanghai he He's a beast. He's a beast, physical beast, and he's able to use his technical experience and 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 uh, as a player in different situations. You know, World Cup, African Cup of Nations, Ivory Coast, Champions League runs, lost a final, won a final. All of that experience came up perfectly for a team that was basically built to have a number nine since day one. The impact was supposed to get Alberto Giraldino. He was five minutes away from coming to Montreal. Last night he went to Fiorentina from Shanghai. From Evergrande, I think. So, to be honest, he was the team was built to have a number nine like him. As soon as he popped up on the radar, they had to go for him. And he's perfect, perfect player, perfect profile. Uh, speaks the language. Uh, he can see he's against all the stadium by himself. So it's a perfect deal for everyone. And I feel bad for Chicago, but at the same time, I don't think Joba ever wanted to be in Chicago, knowing that the impact was interested and the impact on the field. I didn't expect the rate of goals to be that high, but to be honest, the quality, I expected it. As long as he doesn't get injured, he's going to kick ass, and he's, do, he's doing it right now. Now, the uh, team relieved uh, Frank Lopez of his duties towards the end of August, and uh, after that, not, sh- not long after that, the, uh, the impact went, uh, you know, under, uh, didn't lose a game throughout September. Yeah. Do, you think that, do you think the Klopas firing was necessary, or do you think that run of form is more due to uh, Drogba's arrival? I think a big chunk is Drogba's arrival, but Klopas, you know, he lost his locker room a long time ago. You know, there was rumors that, you know, from day one when he came last year, he wasn't a good communicator. And, you know, anyways, half of the team left anyway, so there was a lot of players that were new this year. But there was a thing coming around that maybe he said something to some players another, and then he did something else. Those things come up a few times to, you know, maybe make it more than just a rumor. And the, the BL effect, you know, assistant coach, you know, Homeboy, hometown boy, and uh, from the club his whole life. So it's a perfect boost that the impact had to do in the sense. You know, I, I, I still think the impact is still uh, an average organization because you know how many coaches you're gonna hire and fire all the time. Which means you know if Klopp sucks, well you don't want to hire him. He didn't hire himself. He didn't just sit in and say, hey, I'm taking the spot. So the organization, the organization has to take a blame, but at the same time they're in a very short-term results kind of thinking. And BLO is the boost that they needed to make sure they don't miss the playoffs, and not do not repeat the experience of 2013, where they went from like Supporters Shield contenders in July August to crash and burn, and then losing playoffs against Houston in a horrific game. So they really wanted to avoid that, basically. And the Drogba was the perfect piece for BLO to establish himself as a credible coach to the players by getting results and using the, the emotional side and maybe some tactical stuff to be able to. And get more trust and more love from his players. So it was a win-win combination. They're like a perfect storm. You know, you guys, early on in the year, you had um, a, a very nice CCL run, and uh, which has kind of been the reason why this game is happening uh, this week. How, and because of that, you guys have actually had a lot of games to make up. So how, has the process of making up those games uh, taken any kind of toll on the team? Uh, if so, what kind has it? Well, it, it started to get scary when the team was starting to lose in, uh, in August. And then the clubhouse firing happened, so it was a bit scary when you thought that, you know, 
have because for a while they had like a, almost seven games in hand, then it went down to four. Now it's down to two. So when they were losing in August, they were kind of like, okay, we can't afford to lose those home games that are also basically games in hand compared to our competition. So it did take a toll when there were a lot of injuries and a lot of international call-ups, whether it's Laurent Simon or Yongo, uh, the Canadian, the Canadian kids, you know, Maxim Tissot, uh, Venegas with Costa Rica when he came on in July. So yeah, they, they took the toll, but at the same time, it really showed that the team has had quite some good depth. At, at different positions, and they were able to really take care of business. Now, does it mean that they have enough depth to, you know, depth to be able to, you know, look like the Man City of, uh, of MLS? No, but at the same time, they, are, I think, they did a good job to handle it. They really showed how they recruited very well, able to use players that they had on hand, on deck, ready to step up. Which also a way the sub deformation. When you play a four-two-three-one or a four-one-four-one, you basically have tons of wingers and tons of mi offensive midfielders. I would basically six of them almost that could play for two positions, one on the left, one on the right. They had enough rotation at that part. They have a lot of center backs. They have a lot of center midfielders. Uh, so I think it helped them out. And at the same time, uh, it was a good test for them to really step it up. So it was interesting to see what what, what happened throughout the season. Now, you guys uh, finished out the season three out of four uh, on the road. Uh, how with Orlando just unfortunately just dropping a game to Orlando and uh, with them hot on your tails, how confident are you guys in the fan base that the Montreal will hold them off and hang on to that sixth spot in the playoffs? Well, there is a hope to, you know, we do do some mathematics to get like six points out of nine games, uh, six points out of nine between uh, New York, Orlando, and Colorado. And we were supposed to get, you know, maybe three against Orlando. That was a sort of objective in a humble way because we knew the drop was not going to start the game because Orlando is pretty average, to be honest, because collectively they're very... They're very weak, but you know, individually they have some good talents there. So I really thought that Orlando could have been a win and you know lose at New York or try to get a tie and try to win in Colorado, which is a, a team that's also in shambles. So, but now, as as long as they're mentally not down after losing against Orlando, they need to be more serious against New York because New York is a much more dangerous animal, which hopefully might have at some might have a sort of low in a during midweek game for them. And not too many emotions because they have this some time out there for the Red Bulls. And you know, when you when you look back, when you they're trying to do the math, yes, they feel the pressure from Orlando big time. But they know they have enough games in hand to try to stave it off. And it starts with New York. New York, as soon as you play New York, you only have one game in hand against uh, vis a vis Orlando. So we'll see how they handle that. But they need to not lose five nothing against New York, and at the same time keep some kind of some kind of composure to say, you know what, we need to transpose. This is the way of playing into Colorado to get three points no matter what, whether they win or lose or tie against New York. So that's what's important for them because, yes, it's good to make the playoffs. They can't they can make the playoffs by just you know, crawling their way into it and then crush like a bug by whoever they meet. So that's a bit of bouncing out they need to do when you have short-term thinking like that. So good luck to them anyways. Um, I just want to say real quick, you uh, mentioned earlier the term Man City of MLS. Now, speaking of Man City of MLS, <laughs> can we all just join in a real quick laugh of the Smurfs probably definitely not making the playoffs? <laughs> oh, let's all laugh together. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, you guys are really in a good spot to make the playoffs. Um, you know, you do have a couple games in hand. The other teams are god-awful. Is it very upsetting? Because it's upsetting for me. Is that the team right above you is that idiot squad who's never made the playoffs ever? <laughs> TFC. 
it's yeah, fans are very pissed that you know we're very pissed when Satyavsi make all these signings in the past two years and got Jovinko and Altidore and Bradley last year. It's like and Jovinko this year, and yeah, there was some hate and. The, the fans were saying, how come uh, Joe Sapporo buys a few players, guys? So he got to hook us up. And he did eventually with, uh, with Drogba. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, especially the last game of the season, it against Toronto at home at Satsapuro. So could it be a, you know, playoff maker for any of the teams? Could it be who finishes above the other one? We don't know yet. But Toronto FC has been a source of, source of frustration and laughter when you look how they handled themselves a few times. But I think with Jovinko, they really, you know, took care of business and, he had a lot of their faults, a lot of their weaknesses, like many teams do. You know, you always need a star to to help you out and take it to another level. But yeah, it's uh, watching the play is a bit funny. Like defensively, they don't know what they don't know what they're doing a lot sometimes. But offensively, if Jovinko is, if you don't have a plan against him, he's gonna score three goals on you because he's just he's too good. And and anyways, I've been saying many times, different places, and when I write, he's not supposed to be here. This guy, he's here too soon. For him, make, being here doesn't make sense. Except for the money and the exposure, but it doesn't make sense when I see him being MLS so early for Mr. Jovinko. But yeah, uh, if if there was one year where the real rivalry between Toronto and Montreal would kickstart in MLS beyond the whole city rivalry, hockey rivalry, I think this year was a good year because both teams are actually at the same level in the sense they go both thriving for the playoffs and gonna compete against each other more in a more tight manner. So that's good news for at least for that rivalry that might finally kickstart this year. I thought the other years is a kind of BS, sort of, a, oh, yeah, Maple Leafs, Canadians, okay, so Toronto FC, Impact, same same stuff, different day. I'm like, no, I, I think there was no, not enough sparks. Players don't hate each other at that time, and this year you saw some hate with uh, uh, players going back and forth at them, so that was really cool to watch. So let's uh, kind of shift to uh, the game coming up on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Bulls of Montreal have played once already this season back at the beginning of August. That uh, was a 1-1 draw. Uh, up in Montreal, and that was before Drogba started uh, playing for you guys. He was with you, but hadn't actually started playing yet. Um, what can Red Bull fans look forward to in terms of how Montreal might approach this game? Well, they have their big guns, right? Uh, Piatti should be back from Argentina directly to New York because he was sending uh, his father who was sick. So he's back, the uh, the sort of undercover star of the impact because he's, you know, he's one of the best offensive midfielders in the, in the league, I think, in a humble manner, but he's so... You know, undercover doesn't talk a lot, so he doesn't he doesn't have the exposure that he he that he might deserve. If but over there he and, and I don't think he wants it anyways. So you'll have Piatti and Drogba should start the game. That's why he didn't start against Orlando, so so he can start against New York, go all in. And you should see a typical four-two-three-one from the impact, you know, uh, uh, or four-three-three, whatever. They can mix it up. So I do expect the midfield to be dense. They might put like Bernie, Donadell, and Rio Cocker again. Or maybe Alexander to give him a game against his old team and try to shut it down as much as they can uh, and try to press McCarthy as, as fast and quick as they can to not permit the Rebels to build up as easily as they, as they do many times at home and uh, try to use Drogba as a real pivot to really hurt Zubar and probably Calgary Met, ex-impact player. Uh, so see how they can handle those weaknesses as fast as possible. You know, Try to score early and shut it down as much as you can. That's what I expect. And play the counter, you know, CONCACAF Champions League style. That's the way they have to play away and against a strong Rebels team. I think it's the best way right now. How do you approach this game player-wise considering you guys, I believe, have a game on Saturday, which is just... Oh, I mean, I know this game was moved around because of scheduling conflict, yeah. but do, 
will will certain players sit out for this um, in favor of playing at home on a Saturday? Yeah, well, you know what? They, 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 they wanted to go all in against Orlando in a way, try to get a point without Drogba, and then go all in against New York and Colorado, whatever happens, happens. Because I'm not even sure Drogba would travel to Colorado. Maybe they'll just rest him and say, you know what? Uh, we need you for uh, New England. So, but, uh, you know, it's a good question. I, I think they're going to put the best team possible. They have enough depth at, at the center-back position to, like, maybe bench Cabrera and put Valdry Lefebvre with Simon. Because they they're going to play them anyways, because a few of them are going to leave the squad. I think uh, Vinegas and um, uh, Vinegas and someone else. And Oyongo are going to leave the squad to play for Cameroon and Costa Rica. Uh, I think one of them is leaving on the 10th, the other one's leaving right after. So they might lose them even getting to Colorado. So they wanna, they're gonna, probably going to play both of them. And, you know, and then they'll have their own rest. Uh, yeah, and then they have their own rest with their national team. So that's, you know, they're going to have to manage that, and, but I think they have enough depth to rotate. And like I said before, go all in with Drogba and, uh, and Piavi. All right, so um, Truman has a question that he always asks our guests, so we'll, that will be our, our last um, question. But before that, the other thing we always have our guests do uh, ahead of a game is a scoreline prediction. So what do you think is going to happen on a Wednesday night in New York? I see a 2-2 draw. I have a good feeling. 2-2 draw. You know, Red Bulls has a new-look defense, and the impact, you know, they, they, they're going to have to handle uh, another number nine striker, by Brady Wright Phillips. So I don't think they're going to win the battle of the midfield unless, you know, the Red Bulls sort of auto destruct themselves in the midfield. So I see 2-2. Two, two. All right, so my last question is I always like to ask us of uh, mostly our newer guests, but one player on the Red Bulls, you absolutely have to contain. Who it is? Who is it? Oh, so you have to contain. Uh, Lloyd Sam kind of scares me. I'm not sure if he's injured or, or suspended for this game, but Lloyd Sam kind of scares me. Is oh, it not worry? He'll be there. He'll be there. He has, <laughs> enough, he has enough speed to really take care of business. Even though Toyak, I think, can handle his speed, but Sam doesn't stop for 90 minutes. So that could be a little bit scary. A little bit when you have Bradley Ref Phillips as your target man. So yeah, Lloyd Sam. Lloyd Sam. I think he's probably like the number two most popular. I think BWP is usually number one. Yeah. Lloyd Sam's like usually number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's, uh, Bradley is a, is, a, is a great choice. I just, maybe Simon can handle him for like a little bit, but uh, I think Sam will, there'll be too much depth and too much wing attack for the impact to handle if they let them go in all day long. So then they, have, they didn't have uh, other issues. Yeah. All right. Uh, so before uh, we let you go, of course, we got to give you a chance to uh, promote yourself. So where can people uh, find you and your writing and all that stuff online? Yeah, well, Twitter has all my info. I'm at Sofian Benzaza, S-O-F-I-A-N-E, Benzaza, B-E-N-Z-A-Z-A. And, you know, I, you know, one of the founding members of Montreal Soccer has been Nation Impact. Uh, yeah, and also uh, uh, French podcast, Cannes Football Club. We talk Impact, MLS, uh, international soccer, whatever is there. And yeah, all on Twitter and Facebook. So uh, hook me, uh, you know, talk to me, comment, troll me if you want, and uh, maybe create a fake <laughs> or create a fake account with my name on it. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting on it right now. <laughs> well, we're, we're popular with, with um, parody accounts, so you uh, never know. Oh, you never know. Maybe someone will hate me enough. That would be cool. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Sofian, thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull rant right after this. Thank you, guys.
Welcome back to Rebel Rant. Once again, I want to thank uh, Sophie for coming on the show. You can read us stuff at mountroyalsoccer.com. Uh, so Wednesday, October 7th, 7.30 p.m., the Red Bulls will take on the Montreal Impact. The game may or may not be on MSG. I say that because the Red Bulls website lists MSG, but apparently the Knicks have a preseason game on Wednesday that uh, MSG will be broadcasting. Jay, uh, on the last broadcast, they said it was going to be on MSG+. Plus. Well, the Red Bulls website lies then. Yeah, that's. I'm just telling you, that's what they said on the last broadcast. Okay. I did not. I did not notice that during the, the, the broadcast. I guess. Yeah, Knicks fans got to see their team suck already. You know, against, so. against against the Brazilian basketball team, I think it is. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, let's face it. Sad facts. That's that's going to get better ratings than the Red Bulls. True. Mm, sure. yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate for us because really, who gives a fuck? But that's sad. That's just the way it is. I was going to say, you know, it's a preseason NBA game versus a down-the-stretch game in any other league, and they're still going to be... Right. Now, you know, it all depends on who J- James Dolan owns, right? Uh, it's, it's not even just going to be who James Dolan owns. It's going to be people going to watch that game more anyway. Right. So, but, Don't worry, so, Carmelo's going to be good this year, guys. I, I, I've given up on it. <laughs> I gave up on the Knicks a few years ago. <laughs> I gave up on basketball. I gave up when they traded Patrick Ewing. When they didn't resign Patrick Ewing or whatever reason Patrick Whenever Ewing the last got. strike was. When, <laughs> when, up on it. when John Starks could st- uh, stop hitting three pointers in the game seven, I think that's when I gave up on basketball. <laughs> that was it. That was it. You didn't stick you didn't stick around for the old Allen Houston uh, the, no. the seaside strike with Charles Sprewell era. Those yeah, were good times. Didn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> Those All right, so days. so we do have to predict this one. Pat, you can go first. What's going to happen on Wednesday? Uh, you know, I I don't know. It's it's Drogba obviously is a scary proposition. Uh, you know, Ron Zubar certainly did well. The team did well containing Kai Kamara. Um, you know, this past weekend, but you know, Drogba is definitely a scarier uh, option, especially without that Miazga. Um, yeah, this is a tough one to predict. Uh, Montreal, I mean, I know they did just drop one to Orlando, a crucial game there, but they are a dangerous team. Uh, I'm going to say with the short rest, I'm actually going to agree with our guest. I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw uh, this Wednesday against Montreal. <sighs> I mean, we can't have three people make the same prediction, right? <laughs> Why not? Uh, but here, I Think mean, it this way: if you make the same prediction as Pat, you're guaranteed to not lose ground to him. Well, I'm I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Since it is on MSG Plus, uh, it will not be available where I work, so I will have to watch it when I get home. Which all but guarantees someone is going to fucking ruin it for me. And whenever <laughs> someone ruins it for me, it's never because they win. It has never been. I think only one time ever has it been being ruined. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I I think it's going to be a draw. It's all going to come down to if they can contain Drogba. Um, maybe they can. I, I, I really don't know. With Miazga, I, the man who shuts down everybody, I think we would have a better chance. But, God, 2-2, it, it just stares you right in the face, doesn't it? It's just looking at you and laughing, looking and laughing. I'm... I, I don't know. I I I, I got to say two two as well. I I don't see it being a one one game. Uh, not with these two teams. A draw just seems very logical. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I got to go two two. Sorry. Well, I'm breaking the mold then because I'm going positive with a two one victory for the Red Bulls. Um, I think the Red Bulls, the way they played against Columbus, will kind of help them with whatever confidence they issues they're having since they seem to be getting first goals. Um. Drogba, we're not going to stop them completely. They're still going to get a goal because or or 
um, in part because of him. But I still believe that the Red Bulls are the better team. I believe that. Well, they are the better team. The first place needs the conference. Well, <laughs> the league, so. we well we say that, and then they lose to Chicago. So I mean, <laughs> but I I believe they're the better team. Uh, maybe this is a precursor to um a playoff series coming up. You never know. Uh. The one-one draw in Montreal was disappointing, but I think there was certain. I, I can't remember like who was missing from that game. I think I want to say Miazga was out for the U20 World Cup or so. I know he's out now, um, but I, I I think that that was just like a weird game. This one, at least the Red Bulls don't have a Saturday game after they have a week off, um, so I could see them going all out for it. Um, and the way they did come back against Columbus, even though it was this one they went down early. The fact that they came back and did respond the way they did is a good sign. So I, that's why I'm going two one for the the good guys, and also to make up ground in the prediction contest. Because <laughs> I need to be different. Um, so before we move on, let's look at the pre- playoff picture real quick. Sure, why not? So in the Eastern Ooh. Conference, um, Red Bulls still sit at the top with 51 points. That, that's a three point lead over second place DC, who is clinched their playoff spot with uh, four games left in their. Sorry, two games left in their schedule. Wow. Um, New England sits in. New England and Columbus are tied at third with 47. Uh, New England has a tiebreaker, I guess, in goal differential. Um, Toronto at 46. Montreal 42 rounds out to the top six in the East. Um, Chicago has been eliminated. Um, I believe Philadelphia is officially eliminated because they're eight points. Yeah, eight points back, so they're they're out. Uh, New York City. Smurfs. <coughs> Sorry, Don't speak Smurfs. their name. They're not officially eliminated, but basically they will be if Montreal gets a point at, at in the next like two games because they are five points back with only two games to play, and Montreal has four left. So pretty much the Smurfs are gone, just a matter of when. Orlando City, 41 points, still has a shot, but they have um, they play 32, so Montreal still has two games to hand, and unless Montreal really screws up, then Orlando's out. Um, for the Shield, currently as we're recording this, we're – New York Rebels are in first place, but that's because L.A. Seattle hasn't started yet. Um, FC Dallas in second with 50. L.A.'s in third at the moment. Um, Vancouver, 49 points. D.C. at 48. And Sporting Kansas City at 48. So depending on what the Seattle result is, um, if Seattle wins, then the Red Bulls will be in first place completely. If Seattle draws, then we're tied. I believe... Oh, no, actually, we're in the lead because of wins. Um, but then if LA wins, then they will be ahead of us by two points in the standings. Um, all right, so time for Truman's Terrible Team of the Week. All right, well, I'm making this official. This is the last time that this team is going to be uh, Terrible Team of the Week for the year, okay? Because after tonight, they are completely and totally irrelevant. We might make fun of them, but they will never be the terrible team. And that honor, of course, goes to Philadelphia. <laughs> Now, the reason is not because they lost in the league, okay? Let's just briefly talk about their Open Cup loss, okay? I'm not going to pick on them because they subbed in a goalie in the second half of extra time because the goalie was, you know, better at penalty kicks, apparently. Well, I mean, that's, come on, that's, that's happened in the World Cup before. So for Philadelphia, right. that's like nothing. Not, not picking on them, you know? It, wh- whatever. You guys had the home field the second year in a row. And, and I believe, and I'm not going to look back at it. I'm just going by memory. I think they had the lead last year in the game and blew it against Seattle. Yes. Seattle, they lost to Seattle. I can remember yes, that which they did at home. I thought they had the early lead. I'm, I could be totally mistaken. Because we played, we played um, Seattle the Saturday after that game. Right. Okay. 
when you are when you have a one nothing lead and you do nothing else to secure a win at home in front of however many fans showed up they had a decent crowd i think right it was decent it wasn't amazing but it was a decent crowd i'm sorry you suck you suck okay and we've been there uh well we've only been there once but that's another story but Come on, man. Come on. You you hosted it two years in a row, and you only scored one goal at home with your crappy, crap, crap team. Crappy, crap, crap, crap. And I'm also upset that you fired Nick Sack because he was ruining you guys, and I was hoping that would kind of continue. So that's it, Rich. We're done making fun of your team for the most part. Uh, better luck next year. For the record, that the last year, uh, Philadelphia opened the scoring at the 38th minute, lost uh, – Gave up a goal in the 47th, and then two goals in added extra time. Okay, so there you go. I there thought so. Go. So that's two two early leads. Um, or after extra time, whatever the hell the AET stands for. Who I forget. cares? So yeah, so they had two leads at home. And let's see. Uh, last year, the attendance was reported attendance was fifteen thousand two fifty six. This year, fourteen four forty three or four sixty three. See, no one cares, right? Yeah, just cheer up, Philly. Just go watch that speech from Rocky Balboa. Yeah. No, you know what? Just go watch the Eagles. Oh, oh, lost to the Redskins. I knew we had that for a reason. That was well-timed. Um, all right, so time for dumping ground. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Yes. I don't know Go if you it. guys saw what happened this morning, but um, it's a dark day, everybody. It's a dark day on Merseyside. Brandon Rogers got the boot. Is it really that dark? No. He got the boot. He, <laughs> he gone. Uh... Very middling team, which which Liverpool is now. They're just a very meh team. Of course, they just got Daniel Sturridge back, so who knows what can turn around. But uh, sorry, Brandon. You know, it's funny. I was just watching that documentary about Swansea uh, when you know when he came in to the help them get to the Premiership. Blah 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 blah. Took the Liverpool job. Had a year. Steven Gerrard fucked that up, and uh, it's all been downhill ever since. So he gone. He gone. And my suggestion of the special one coming in. Probably not going to happen, but that would be fun. Yeah, uh, I don't really have much to say about that, but uh, CONCACAF Cup next Saturday, uh, USA Mexico. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, there's not much the U.S. has done lately to make anyone confident going to this game. Uh, Ventara Alvarado, for example, is on the roster, uh, so you have no idea what you know Jurgen is planning, and uh, it's probably could. Be ugly, and uh, also knowing Jurgen, it could be he could pull something completely out of his ass. So <laughs> you know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, I guess the only other thing I could say is this Wednesday night, if you're looking to go to a game for cheap, this would be the one. Eight uh, eight bucks on StubHub right now. So wow, yeah. So if you can get out to Red Bull Arena, that's like less than half a face value. Yep, yep. So uh, I mean, think about it. You get to see Didier Drogba. So. That's something. Drogba. Drogba. So, speaking of the U.S., uh, Matt Miaz is off with the uh, U23s from Olympic qualifying. United States, two games, two wins. They're through to the knockout stage, I guess is what you call it. Um, Miaz got actually scored in the second game. Uh, the first one was a 3-1 victory over Canada. The second one was 6-1 over Cuba. Uh, they have one more game on the 6th, which will be Tuesday at... Uh, seven thirty and the Mountain Time. So that's nine thirty Eastern, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's out. In, okay, so that's actually out in uh, Colorado right now. Or actually, wait, no. Yeah, that, that one. That one will be out in Colorado. Is that the so, dick? Um. So they'll move on to the knockout stage, which means 
that he will be out with the team through the 13th of October. Um, so what that means is that he has a two-game suspension, which will not be served until after that game on the 13th. Um, I emailed the team asking about when does that actually take effect? Like, is it when he returns with the team? Is it as soon as the uh, international duty is done? Like, how does that work? So um, looking at a possibility of one or none regular season games left with Matt Miazga playing. So, hooray for that. We don't need him for this next game, right? Just have him come back and serve it out. Start well, he's, it. he's out for at least the next two. Well, that's fine. That's sorry, fine. Sorry, wait, no. back. sorry, next three, I think, right. technically. Get him back now. They don't need him for the play. Yeah, they'll win. Come on. They'll win. So he's, he's out on international duty for the next two, or for this one, and then he's back. He's, he'll be done before the game against Toronto FC on the 14th. But I'm just saying, send them back now. Yeah. They don't need them. They're going to win. No. We're America. We we never blow a uh, Olympic chance, right? We've never done that ever. No, never, we've not never last sure. minute blown a, a, a game to get in the Olympics ever. It's never ever happened. And we, nope. we haven't blown it twice in a row either. No, never, or, never, never, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Um. So last thing, I forgot to bring this email up last week. Ooh. Yeah. See, that's why no one emails us because we forget about them. Yep. All right, so this email, and I'm sure I'll fuck the name up. Good. It's from Albin Hennenberger. Albin! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paste the name into our little chat. You guys tell me what if I said that right. That's probably right, Hennenberger. Okay. There we go. All right, so this is, this is what he had to say. Love the show. And remember, this was after the Orlando game, so we, this is... Some of, the, some of it won't make sense if you're just <laughs> listening to it now. Love the show. Listen to it every Friday. Le- leading off with praise, it works. Trust me. Except when I forget to do shit because I'm a bad producer. Um, after this game, I think there need there needs to be a few changes. Connor Lee is a passable sub as a midfielder, but he leaves a lot to be desired as a right back. His crosses are poor at best, and his inability to get back on defense is problematic to say the least. Additionally, Mike Rella has far exceeded expectations this season. But I believe that Verone adds a dangerous element to his team that we do not have when Grella is on the field. Grella generally has a couple of moments of brilliance a game, but vanishes for large parts of 90 minutes. I believe he would be best as the first man off the bench. Verone should start the rest of the regular season in order to increase the chemistry with the rest of the starters prior to the playoffs. A lot of the time Verone is on, he makes great runs or passes, will be just off of teammates. More playing time with the starters will reduce this. He has a chance to be a high-impact player. At right back, I'd probably check out what Sean Wright Phillips can do. Zizzo was meh against Portland. Okay. Oh, yeah, there's so, a lot there. There's a lot there. But that that that's the end of the email, right? So I can that respond. Is. Yes, it's in the email. Okay. I have I have an idea for the first part about Connor Lead. How about we put him on left back? See how he does. What do you guys think? <laughs> hey, he looked right there the other night. Night. That I think we should put him there. We'll see how he does. Because I heard some people are better with one foot than the other. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, the Verone thing. Hold on, hold on. Before you move off from that, yeah. the part about his inability to get back on defense, uh, that's partly the system because the system calls for the, the fullbacks to get up into the attack. High press, baby. Which leaves the wings vulnerable. Yes. So even if you are a very high-speed fullback, you're going to be prone to leaving yourself open on the wings. That's that's the only part I will say. Right. And then Dax McCarty has to do all that running back. <laughs> Especially when Matt Miasca takes a yellow card and gets rejected. Yeah. He does that sometimes. Um, right. So, all right. Next thing was was uh, Mike Grella and Verone. Just okay. so we can keep on track. 
we discussed it earlier with uh, players that come into the league, and they it takes a little while to adjust. Um, Grella has been shockingly outstanding this year, and I only say shockingly because no one, nobody saw it coming. Um, certainly, I didn't because I definitely had my qualms about him in parts of this year. Yep. But I think at this point, he has earned the starting spot, and I think Verone is going to be a huge part of this team. Um, maybe come to playoffs, but definitely next season. Listen, they signed him as designated player. He's not going anywhere. And it might just take that full season of uh, the off season of training and really gelling with, with the team. And I think it's going to be great. We, we've, we've seen the flashes already. We've, he made a few passes in this game. Uh, that, that one pass he made to Sasha where Sasha I don't know what happened with his foot. I think his foot broke at one point, <laughs> like an action figure, just didn't didn't swing right. But the pass he made was unbelievable. Though the ball looked like it was going out of bounds, he went uh, and recovered that ball, faked the guy out, turned back the other way, got that great pass into the box. He, the man, has skills for days for sure, which we've seen. But I think we we're going to give him time. He's a young guy. He's going to be with the team for a while for sure. Next year, you're going to see a lot of him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't think Grella is, you know, he, he hasn't done anything to lose his job. Um, and I think I, even the email admitted, I mean, he has those moments of brilliance and he really does. I mean, I think he's one of the better players one-on-one uh, that we have in, in on this team. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, same thing. I think Verone is definitely more for the future. Uh, he, we, we may very well see him more in the playoffs and maybe even in the coming weeks since uh, we have so many games. Um, but yeah, don't worry, he'll be out there. And honestly, he might even replace Sam at some point because Sam, let's not forget, he's, he's in his 30s now. Um, you know, he ain't getting any younger. He's been good, don't get me wrong. He hasn't slowed down at all, but uh, I think Verone may be. One of those three players probably won't be on the team next year. Um, you know, between Grella, Sam, and Verone. Verone's definitely going to be here. It's just a matter of the other two. All right. So the next part is uh, – so the last point is the right-back situation where he suggests Sean Wright Phillips and not Sal Zizzo, or I guess kind of related to. Zizzo, I think, has been uh, freaking reliable. Yeah, I think he's been okay. Right? I mean, he – you know, they loaded up on midfielders. And we all said to ourselves, "Were all these guys going to play?" And the fact that it was mentioned that he could he could play uh, in the backfield, everyone was like, "What? He can play there?" But he's listen. He hasn't been terrible. He has really not been terrible. He's mm-hmm. played pretty damn decently, I would say, considering it's not a natural position. But they they need him with the injuries to the to the backfield. I, and and he's, I, I can't he, was injured, and he was injured early in the year. He hasn't been playing with the team, and yet he just slotted in and did his job. Yeah, I, I really can't complain about him so far. He hasn't made a, a serious gaffe, you know, something yeah. directly off of him for the most part. It's been a lot of counters, and like we said, that's going to happen with the way this team plays, and they're all going to be caught. You know, we're talking about the two guys that are playing those those wings, and like Pat said, that's where they get exposed when the counters come. Yep. So, honestly, for the most part, I thought he's been playing well. He's clearly not their everyday starter at right back. No, yeah, but they're yeah. making do, and it yeah, it has it has been that bad. Yeah, yeah, I've been okay with him. I mean, and we're considering how few players, I mean, really, who else can you try? I mean, maybe Anthony Wallace. Um, although he's 
pretty much primarily when he's come in, it's been on the left. Um, you know, I, so I think you get one person Truman would like to see. <laughs> I'm Truman. I'm surprised you didn't do that. You didn't... There, there go. it is. There it is. He will get his time, my friends. Don't worry. He will get his time. Yeah, and, uh, and let's not forget Chris Duvall very well could be back by the end of the month. So uh, might be back to the starting lineup we had at the beginning of the season. So we'll see. If honestly, if Duvall comes back and slots right in and starts playing as a starter, I'll be surprised because yeah. he probably won't. I mean, you probably need some time to get you know back yeah. into the swing of things. Um, so last piece of news, uh, the USL team, New York Red Bulls 2, had a playoff game against Rochester last night and lost to nothing. Uh, Conrad Plew went off in like the 25th, 27th minute, somewhere around there. Uh, got called for a red for a denial of a obvious, uh, denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity. And, uh, the 10 men team just couldn't take, couldn't handle Rochester, which is one of the better teams in the USL. Uh, the best team in the USL. <laughs> Uh, I, the I don't remember the standings. So. They're, they're the best team in USL this year, by by far. And honestly, the the first goal was just like an amazing strike that nobody could do anything about. So it's not even it's hard to be upset with the team given what happened. But anyway, so they're out of the USL playoffs because that's a one and done deal. Um, so yeah, uh, it kind of sucks. But the, the problem um, was no Carl we met goal scoring machine for for the Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That was a problem. Yeah. But so USL team is done. On the bright side, though, um, it showed what a actual reserve team can do for this team because Sean Davis, Anthony Wallace, Connor Lade, if they didn't get playing time on USL, then no, there's no telling how we'd be right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. like they said in the beginning of the season, the results didn't matter. They, this USL, the USL team was not about results. It was about working with the system and learning the system. Yep. Uh, I'd say, yeah, despite the loss, overall, very successful first season for the USL squad. All right. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, let's buckle up and watch some uh, uh, Seattle LA Galaxy, right? See what happens. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So you can uh, follow us at oncementor.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Uh, help us by supporting the show at patreon.com slash red bull rant. Email us at red bull rant at gmail.com. You call us at 973 348 5329. Facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for the show at once underscore A underscore Metro at Dr. Stooge for myself at PMACD82 for Pat at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to our show via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at SoundCloud.com slash Red hyphen Bull hyphen Rant. Last words before we get out of here. I'm hoping, since I won't be at the game, I'm hoping there will be footage of Mr. Pecky in the South Ward because he said he would be there and get us a big old who is. Uh, yeah, it's a win, and then on Saturday, go USA. America. All right, so for Pat Truman and myself, this has been episode number 163 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates.